That's cool. Um, hey, so it's uh, the Apex Vaulting Podcast. Uh, this is episode 22, and we're really, really lucky. We have Katie Naja on again. It's awesome. Uh, we're here in Akron again, so I hit her up on Instagram, and she was able to do this, so I'm really, really pumped. Um, and actually, I told her that recently I got an email Someone thanked me for the podcast and really appreciated her episode. Helped a girl last year who was a senior who was going through the recruiting process. She really loved your podcast. So I wanted to say thank you for providing all that information, you know, and sharing with everyone. Oh my gosh. I thank you. I loved doing it. I'm honored to be featured on here and I'm just excited to know that my advice could help someone. I, I love knowing that it's resonating with people. So, yeah. And you know, we were talking about it before the podcast, we had a uh, Mark Cortazzo on with us or talking with us uh, before, and he'll be on the podcast soon enough. Uh, people just don't have access to this information. And it's so awesome like that, you know, whether it's me, someone else, your social media is amazing as well. Like I've been watching yes. a lot of your, your practice videos. They look great. You look Thank super you. pumped and everything <laughs> for the year. Um, and we'll talk about that soon enough, but it's just putting that information out there. And that was really awesome that you were able to share, you know, even the transfer process that you went through in college and stuff. It's invaluable information because sometimes when it's happening to you as a person, I just feel like you think you're the only one and you don't realize it's happened to other people in the past. Yeah, I definitely like letting people know that I really struggled at a point because I think a lot of people just see success and obviously they know, yeah, there's ups and downs, but I don't think people realized how close I was to quitting. And so it just, it's, it's good to let people know, I think that you know, there, there are tough times even for the best athletes out there. Um, and, and I'm also referring to my competitors because I've talked a lot with them about their struggles. And so it's definitely, it's definitely real and something we all go through. And I think, yeah, just getting the information out there. And I think this is an awesome podcast, not just, I love that it's talking about pole vaulting. It's cool that it's, I love doing any podcast, but it's cool that this can focus specifically on pole vaulting and pole vaulting specific questions and get more into the nitty gritty of what we do. So, yeah, yeah, no. And thank you. That's a, that's a great compliment. (laughs) And I look, I appreciated the feedback that I get back from all these different coaches and athletes. It's, it's amazing. And again, I think going back to what you said earlier, it's important. We all know there's ups and downs, but it's different when you actually hear stories. You know, it's it's different because I think a lot of us, especially on social media, just as people, we like to post our vacations. We like to post birthdays. Only post the good. Right. And it's like. Only post the highs. Yeah. And then you're all of a sudden wondering, you're like, well, wow, I have a really shitty life. Like nothing's (laughs) going on in my life. And it's good to know that, you know what, even those people that are on top, you know, they have their struggles. I know even I've been getting a lot of people contacting me about how I run my club. And I've had a a coach at my club, Andrew Flores on who, you know, he, he's making about 15,000 this year, just coaching uh, Saturdays and people are like, Oh my God, that's amazing. How'd you do that? But look, even at my club, there were times where I was like, I don't know if I can keep doing this. You know what I mean? I I was wondering if, you know, I could continue and I've had those doubts and, and moments too. Um, so it's important that we share that kind of stuff. And, um, I guess one of the questions I wanted to ask you, because last year at this time, you kind of talked about on the podcast, like you were making a a coaching switch, you know, you were with Roman Bacharnikov for a Mm -hmm. while and you were going to switch to Brad Walker. And, uh, I mean, this summer it worked out really (laughs) well. You had your PR jump of 15, six, you know, uh, maybe take us through that a little bit. Like one, since we're already talking about like worries, were there ever points where like, what am I doing out here? Or was it just awesome the whole time? I mean, just what do you think? So it was definitely a 
big jump, but right. I was so excited after I left Washington when I visited last Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. just with the couple practices that I had with Brad, that it was definitely where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't always easy because I transferred, transferred. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm talking like I'm in college this, again. This uh, is her master's <laughs> diploma she's getting yeah, now. <laughs> going for my doctorate. No. Um, so I moved out there after my indoor season and, okay. and I'd had a pretty solid indoor season. So I was yeah, getting yeah. a little bit of not terrible backlash, but I was definitely receiving some comments that were like, why would you move? Like you're, you're doing so well with Roman. And I think what people didn't understand, and Roman is an awesome coach. I would say nothing but the best things about him as a coach and as a person. Like Mm -hmm. I just wasn't all in with him. And that's not a reflection of him. That was just me where I was at. at that point in my life, I was just one foot in. Um, and I think in any program you have to buy in a hundred percent to be successful, even in, there's no perfect program, but, um, I think any program at this level or any coach at this level is really knowledgeable. So I absolutely could have really thrived with Roman too. It just wasn't the place for me at that time. And I just needed, I needed something new. And so I moved out there in March and, and I dealt with a little bit of an Achilles issue, which kept me from competing. And I've never had an injury that's really kept me out before. Right. Um, but the volume was higher and I liked it, but it was something my body wasn't used to. And so right. there were moments where I was like, man, if I, you know, if I was in Ohio, maybe I wouldn't be dealing with this. But at the same time, well, they were very that, small. Being in Washington versus being at home. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I know, you know, we were just talking about it before, how close you are with your family. So yeah. that, that must have been an adjustment. I'm you know? definitely a homebody and I get homesick easy. But I will say, since being out there, I have yet to get homesick. And I think it's because I'm so excited. And And even when I was going through a little bit of that with the Achilles and maybe just a little bit um, uncertainty. I was still really excited and really confident in where we were going and what he was doing with my vault. And, Mm -hmm. and so I, I never really doubted it out there. And I think because vaulting is the most important thing to me now, it always was, but it's, I'm motivated in a way I've never been before. And I think because training is going well and I'm enjoying working with Brad and, and enjoying the environment, I I haven't really gotten homesick, which is nice. I I get excited to come home, but I'm not dying to come home. Well, and, and it's, it's so funny because that psychological part of really like buying in, it's so important, so many facets of life. And I mean, pole vaulting yes. wise, it's it's funny. Mark knows this coach that passed away a few years ago, Al Berardi, okay. who had this club and his kids always did well. I didn't necessarily always agree with Al, uh, technique style or whatever. And he was very different from me. We, yeah. would, we would literally argue for like an hour and a half of this club. <laughs> it was great. But I would always tell my club kids, I go, listen, you may not like maybe what he's doing with his kids, but they buy in a hundred percent. They're jumping high. And so it's like, at that point, it almost doesn't matter. It, you you could maybe really run doesn't. backwards down the runway and you PR <laughs> if you really yeah. believed in it enough. Yeah. And that's something I always said about Al, that he could get his kids to believe. And yeah. that that's an important part of coaching too. I mean, there's Absolutely. one thing, technique and stuff, but getting people to buy in is huge. Well, and there's so many different ways to coach the sport. And as obviously, as you get better, it, there are fewer ways that you can jump higher. Sure, sure. Yeah. The more you know, the less answers you have. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I just, I think there's no one set 
right way to coach. And so I think there are different things people focus on that work for different people. And, um, Brad was able to focus on something, one of like a weakness. My, my takeoff was always the weakest point in my vault. Mm -hmm. And he was able to, in just a couple cues, um, not only kind of fix my takeoff, but it still felt like my jump. And I had never yeah. had that before. Everybody, my entire career told me how bad my takeoff was and was right. like, man, if you just fixed that, I'm like, sweet. Do you want to tell me, <laughs> you want to work with me for like six days a week to like get me to do that? Because it's like, you know, all the, all the Facebook coaches out there, everybody oh has goodness, an, right. an input with it. And it's like, I know it's coming from a good place, but you don't know why we're working on the certain things we are, or right, maybe, maybe that aspect that you're focusing on is actually better than it was. And you bring attention to yep. it is kind of, and I get it. If you put your videos out there, you're, you're, oh, right. you're, you're open right. to co- comments and criticism. You know, it's kind of like people talk about beer muscles. You get <laughs> internet muscles. So when you're behind <laughs> yeah. your laptop, it's like, oh man, I'm a tough yeah. guy now. I can say anything. And I mean, the other thing, like you said, people don't, they're looking at things out of context. Yeah. You know? So it's like, you might be looking at something that you consider a terrible takeoff, <laughs> but 20, 30, 40% better than it's ever been. You're and right. you're just like, well, that's a bad takeoff. <laughs> yes. Like, but, but you don't know way where you better. From. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, going back to also this idea of like the psychological part about buying in, like I, t- I can't tell you how many athletes I talk to, whether they're in high school, college, post-collegiate, I think sometimes people are taken aback. Like I'm always like, one of the things I say is like, look, if you want to just jump for fun, that's totally cool. You don't have to be serious. Yeah. If you want to be serious, if you tell me you want a PR, then you have to go all in. Then bring it. And the thing is, I'm like, it has to fit into your life. Yes. You know, and how many people even like decide on a major in college? Thinking like, well, you know, people will think this is a good major. Like it's, it's a smart move to major in medicine and I'll be a doctor, but they don't really want to be a doctor. Right. And the thing is the further along you get, uh, it's going to be really hard to go in every day and be a doctor if that's not what you really want to do. Exactly. You know? Yep. <laughs> so it, it, that, that's such a huge part. And, and it's great that you brought that up, you know, yeah. cause again, I think Roman's a great coach. You know, I've, I have a good relationship yes. with Roman and learned a lot from him He's amazing. and I, I'll be honest, even when you told me that day, I was like, I was shocked. I was like, Whoa, really? Yeah. you're, you're moving out to yep. Brad's. Um, but Hey, look, Brad is obviously <laughs> doing a great job. He's American record holder. He's done amazing things in the vault and he's, he's worked with so many different people there's probably some angles that he sees that maybe not everybody else can see. You know, yeah. I know he's he's worked with Pat Lacari who yes. developed a great program, and then he's worked with Dan Path, and yes. I'm sure a few others. So there's a lot of things that he's come in contact with that yes. I'm sure it's just it's different. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. He takes a lot of aspects from the coaches that he's worked with, but also a lot of what he worked for him as well. Mm-hmm. And that's it's definitely easier as an athlete buying in when you know like he was the best american vaulter height wise ever Mm -hmm. and so when it's like you're seeing that this worked for him it's like why why wouldn't i buy into this this worked for him um but yeah so it just i just needed something different to kind of jumpstart and maybe Mm -hmm. get out of my comfort zone i knew that i needed to get out of my comfort zone to make changes i am a very like well, I was, I was very big on like staying in my comfort zone and I could only jump when I felt really good or with adrenaline. I always had to have a tap in practice and, Mm -hmm. 
I, when I met with Brad, he's like, we're going to change your mental game. We're going to make you yeah. really tough. And he, I, I don't take, I don't use any taps in practice anymore. And I can't emphasize enough how important that was to take away. I didn't think I, it was all that big of a deal, but my but confidence, huge, yeah, because a tap really doesn't necessarily do anything. Like it's, it's a confidence right. thing. It's a mental right. thing. And so if you can come down and hit a takeoff confidently, no matter how you're feeling on what day in a practice, feeling flat, like mm-hmm. you, you might not be on your biggest poles, but if right, you can come down can and hit a takeoff confidently, I've never felt that confidence going into a meet before. I thought I did, but I've never had that kind of confidence coming in and hitting a takeoff before. And that I think is the biggest thing that he's changed. Well, to me. And look, I think even, you know, I wouldn't be able to tell you percentage wise how much a tap helps, Yeah, but <laughs> it's going to be different when now you're standing on a runway and you're like, Oh, nobody's going to tap me now. Yeah. You're going to have that thought in the back of your mind and you're going to want You're, yeah. you're going to want that tap. And I didn't like, I was somebody that did well when I, you know, I just kind of looked at it as, okay, this just, it's like a little bit of meat adrenaline is yeah. what it serves as. And, and so I'm not trying to knock people that, that do need to get a tap, but I will say I've noticed such a difference in myself from getting them to, to not needing them anymore. Yeah. And my confidence going into a meet, going up poles, I used to get a little nervous when I get to some of my bigger poles. And it's like now, like for example, in when I jumped my PR in uh, Rotok, uh, that German mm-hmm. Germany meet that was right on the lake. Um, I went up to the biggest pole in my bag. I had never touched it before Wow! and took it up first attempt in PR. And it's yeah. like that, that kind of confidence I never had before. I was never able to attack a takeoff that way. And so it's right. just, it's so cool seeing well, that. that. That's huge. And I think even what you said earlier, it was funny. You were like, you know, you could only jump when you felt good. You yeah. Know? And the, and I really, uh, I love looking sometimes outside of our sport for, for, uh, you know, ideas and West side barbell is like one of the best powerlifting gyms in the world. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, they always talk about, it's like, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that's so huge because pole vaulters sometimes, especially if you're really good, you tend to act like a diva. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you <laughs> yeah. want to be like, well, I don't like this runway. I yeah. mean, even with guys, I've had guys. I don't like me. the box collar yeah. and that's the whole, I you mean, know, I like, don't, I mean, right. to each his own, yeah. but, but it's like, you have to learn to deal with it. Like today is the day we're competing and you got to go. And that makes you so much better because when situations are right, you'll be able to do that. Like go up to yeah. that bigger pole. And, um, I had a post recently on, on Instagram where, um, I talked to one of my high school girls she had never jumped on 12 sevens before UCS uh-huh. just started making them. Oh wow. And she had always jumped on 12 foot poles. Okay. And we went to a meet, never jumped on them. And she jumped the whole meet on the line is 12 sevens that I bought for her. Good for her. And we talked about it and I was like, look, like just to explain things, you don't always have to jump on your competition poles in practice. No, you, you know, actually rarely that happens. Right. Right. And so I was trying to explain that and you know, somebody commented and it was a 14, nine vaulter. She, she was pretty good. Yeah. I think she's from Cuba. Okay. Um, I think she coaches now out of Texas and we had a little bit back and forth and she, she actually brought up, which I didn't like that. She was like, it's not safe. Like you should take at least four jumps on your competition pole in practice. Mm. And the thing is like, look, I'm sure. Cause I've heard the stories about Cuban vaulters not having access to poles. Oh. You might not have a choice, yeah. right? Like if like we have three <laughs> poles, like you need wow. to do this, you yeah. know? So I, and so I respect what she was saying and I get it. Yeah. But I mean, if I you can, 
can get on your biggest competition poles in practice, power to you. Right, but then my worry is you're going to get to the meet. And, and then you're, you're going to blow through. You're going to yeah. run out of pulls. So, and then I, even what you were saying, it's like, yeah. then you'll also be hesitant moving up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, cause that's the thing that I find at my club, like, because they're not jumping on competition poles in practice and everything's always kind of like full tilt, good jumps. Yeah. When they go to the meet, we just adjust the resistance, yeah. right? We just got to give you yep. enough grip or pull that you can clear bars. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Brad and I were actually just, I, I t- chatted with him in the car on the way up here, just, you know, debrief for the meet. But, mm. you know, he was saying the poles you're on in practice, at least for him, yeah. he was on way bigger poles in, in competition. And for I'm him, sure, it's yeah. just, you know, what for him, it was fun. Like what's the biggest pole that I can get on today? That for him was the challenge. And that's why he right. broke the American record because for him, once he was able to feel something technically, he was always able to do it. It just made sense to him. It clicked with him. So once he was able to feel how it felt to correctly pull vault he always just had that he's just able right. to focus so for right. him it was like all right now how can i get as fast as possible and as strong as possible to get on the biggest pull that i possibly can to you know go, go as high as i can and he was on arguably some of the biggest pulls in the game I mean, right was, yeah i mean huge i pulls. i remember the one year watching in reno he jumped 19 and he bombed it that yeah. year and i mean i thought he had like the biggest quads I've ever seen. Like his legs were so big that day. And it's like, you know, you have big quads when you're wearing just plain black tights and it's still, they're like popping out. And I'm just like, Oh my goodness. And I remember watching that day. Um, it because my guy PR that day jumped 540, so he oh, won his pit. Yeah, and I, then you know we're watching the elite guys, and I'm watching. I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of the same speed as like my guy who jumped 540. And then Mark Hollis comes down like. He's a little bit faster. Like, this is a Camaro. Yeah. And then Brad came down, and I'm like, this is a Ferrari. <laughs> I don't see any other Ferraris out here today. He it was just, amazing. Yeah. But I feel like that that's – I like that mental approach. I like that idea. It's like, yeah. you know, you just want to feel the jump. And once you have the jump, that's it. Meet day, you're just trying to PR pole-wise. Yes. You know, it's almost like if you were bench pressing, mm-hmm. you're like, all right, how much weight can I handle for one rep today? Yes. Like, we've put in the work. I know yeah. how to bench press. Now let's just max out. And that, I, I feel like that's a really nice analogy for the pole vault. Yeah. And so he's big on just focusing on like one or two cues, maybe three tops, like in yeah. a competition to, to obviously help you keep mm-hmm. that, that form and, and the technical aspect so that you don't go to, okay, try hard and like tense up and like, I have to, you know, run faster to be on this pole and whatnot. Like it was just focus on these cues and then just come down and hit the takeoff as hard as you can to, to like, it was a challenge to him to make the biggest pull he yeah, could yeah. roll over. He right. loved that. And I'm like, that's so cool. <laughs> and, well, it's, it's funny too, because it's like you have those opposing thoughts. Cause in practice you might be thinking smooth, 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 yeah. you know, and you're just trying to feel a good jump. And then I've been at meets where like sometimes my kids like turn their heads because I'm like, dude, you just got to hit it, yeah. hit it. And like, my kids what? are like, wait, what? You never say that. You know? <laughs> but it's like meet situations different, you know? It is. But I will say what what he's good at is just making sure no matter if you're in a practice or in a competition or wherever, you're coming down and trying to hit the takeoff as hard as you can every time. He's mm-hmm. big on just come down and hit that takeoff as aggressively as possible, put as much energy into that pole as possible, and then transfer it as efficiently as you can yeah. by cranking your shins, dropping your shoulders, coming through as fast as you can. And so even though you're going to have more adrenaline and you're going to be more powerful in a competition, you're going to be faster, 
it's still pretty, it's the same thing every time. Right. You just right. might not be on as big of poles. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the scale is different. Yes. You know, I mean, I even, it's a funny story. I, years ago I had, I had a meet where I think I was really, I had to go to this high school meet. And so my two of my 17 footers were going to be jumping and I was going to have to send somebody to coach them. And the kid, uh, the kid's name at the time, Dave Cariello. Uh, so Dave was like, Bronco, I can't, I can't coach them. <laughs> I go, what do, you, what do you mean you can't coach them? <laughs> He's like, well, I've never jumped on their poles. Uh, I go, Dave, if I can't coach somebody who jumps on bigger poles than me, I can't coach you then. Like, <laughs> what, it's just scale, right? Like, whether it's a little girl on a 1220 or a big guy on a 16200, it's like, it's pole bends a lot, they land deep thing. up a pole. Like, it's, that's it. He <laughs> coaches the same, like, just try and come down, hit the pole. As yeah, hard as you yeah. Can that, and, that, that's all you could do. Yeah. You know? Makes it consistent, too. Right, which is right. Comforting as a volunteer. Well, you know, one, I mean, it sounds awesome. Everything <laughs> that you're saying about, you know, uh, your transfer for your doctorate <laughs> is, is going really, really a doctorate well. Doctorate of full love. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, it's got to be exciting. Um, what do you, what do you think for this year? Like, what are you thinking about? Like, how, how does this year turn out? In terms of I don't know, anything, what? do you have any goal, <laughs> certain goals? Like anything? Uh, well, I, I mean, if there's anything you have in your head, you don't want to talk about that's okay. <laughs> but like, what, no, what? I, I'm really excited because I feel like last year was kind of a like breakthrough year for me mm-hmm. in terms of my confidence and just my jump in general. And it was just, it was still really raw. And so mm-hmm. this year I just really want to refine what we've been working on and just mm-hmm. make it as consistent as possible. But I think height wise, I, I never like to speak okay. certain goals. Just, right. I mean, I think <laughs> any, I mean, my, with my PR being at fifteen six, I would definitely love to break that 16 foot barrier. Of course. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. Give, give five meters some shot. But I mean, I have to really work to get there and I have yeah, to of course. do everything correctly to get there. But um, well, it, it's funny too. Like you're saying refined things. Like I almost sometimes think of it as like when you're first learning something, there's seams. Yes. Now you're trying to make it seamless. Yes. Real smooth. I like that. And that's, that's what's happening. Right. So mm-hmm. now you're on that second level now yeah. this year. And yeah, I mean, that sounds logical to me. Yeah. Right. I mean, 16 feet's not crazy. I, um, like to think if, it's you, not. if you don't mind me asking, <laughs> what, what poles did you jump on last year when you jumped 15-6? I was on 14-6 poles, so I'm on Pacer FX okay. class, and mm. I, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm not super picky. They just they've been so good to me, and I I love the way they react. So um, yeah. they I started on those actually in the middle of the indoor season. Okay. And I loved them right away. And that I, I PR shortly after that with 465. And so then when I came to Brad and we really actually got to work, I dealt with that Achilles issue a little bit. And so kind of regressed a little bit confidence wise, just with the, the injury well, and of course, you know, Achilles injury a new situation a pain in the butt. You They're can't run. Terrible. Like, you know, I was on my takeoff leg too. So it was just, yeah. Not fun, but so I was on 14 sixes last year and that's where I'm at this year. But I, a lot of, there's a lot more from last year that we could definitely fix my pull drop being one of them. Um, and my top end, I flag off 
pretty good uh, go out for the bar. So something we've really been working on now that my takeoff's a little more consistent is getting back, dropping my shoulders more aggressively, mm-hmm. that power move so that I go up with the pole and not yeah. flag off for the bar. But so I, I don't have any set plan. Obviously, you know, when the time's right, I'd like to try 15 foot poles, but I think there's a lot more that I need to fine tune, so to say, yeah. on well, the 14.6s well, before it, I would It's so go crazy up. to me because, you know, so when we had Katarina on, she talked about being on 14.7s. Mm-hmm. Sandy was on 14.7s ta- yes. uh, talking on the podcast as well. And you're on 14.7s. Mm-hmm. And yet I, I see people jumping the gun with a female vaulter sometimes trying to go on 15-foot poles and the girls jumping 14. Yeah. You know? I, I think the poles will kind of... I guess this is, maybe this is something Brad said. Maybe not. Maybe mm. I'm making it up, but I think the <laughs> polls will kind of tell you when, when you're, you're ready to go up. But I think, I think it's, everyone's different, but I think it's maybe more important. If you can get on big poles, that's awesome. Right. But I think it should be done safely. And I was somebody that was on 15 foot poles. I was on carbon, uh, the carbon poles. Okay. Um, and I was on 15 foot poles, but, I was jumping about the same height because I just couldn't yeah. get on top of them. Right. And so what, what good is that? You know? Right. So for me, yeah. I I'm after trying them and going back down to the 14s and then 14 sixes again, cause I had tried them in the past, but I yeah. tried them with my 14 foot series. So I had a bunch of 14 foot poles and then the next pole was a 14 six. Right. So now this time we got a 14 six series and I just I feel loved like that, them. That makes such a huge difference. It really, the series of poles. It's, you know, it's not ideal to like switch mid series. However, if well, you don't have an option, it's it's very doable. Well, it's the, just well, that's why I like the way that I was the, jumping. The post I that I made and and the argument that I had with that the fourteen nine uh, woman. Look, I get it. You know what I mean. Sometimes you have to make yeah. these kind of moves, but I, I really think if you want to coach vaulters. You have to have series of poles. Like you yes. just have to. Where it's like, could you imagine going to a strength and conditioning gym and they, all they had was forty-five pound plates? <laughs> so you mean to tell me every time I need to move up weight, I got to go up ninety pounds? That's such a good. That's such yeah. a good. And analogy. and so like for the girl that was jumping on twelves, like she jumped on a series that ranged from a twelve one ten all the way up to a twelve one forty, and I had five pound jumps because UCS goes by ten, yeah. so I got it by flexes, so they would be five pound jumps. Mm-hmm. Then her twelve seven series was twelve seven one ten through one thirty five. So far, I'm probably gonna go get the forty and forty five. Okay, but um, but the thing is, I knew like starting her on the twelve seven one ten that already is gonna be small because she jumps on a twelve forty and she was running out of grip. And I kind of like to think of that as like the speed of the pole and the speed of the vaulter. And if it's like mm-hmm. this is you know you're both blowing through the pole mm-hmm. and the vaulter, yeah, it's gonna be time for both grip and pole. And yeah, we knew it was gonna match up. But again, she didn't have to go from a let's say twelve thirty and then go okay, let's go twelve seven thirty. Yeah, that would have been I think a tough transition. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And to hear that you're doing that at that level, like <laughs> wow, you know, I'm I can see why it would help to to have that fourteen seven series. Yeah. But with that being said, we're Brad's big on pushing poles when you're ready, but right, right, right. you know, we, I, I've pushed poles in a way this past year that I, I never have in the past just mm-hmm. because of my, you know, staying in my comfort zone and right. no, this pole works for this. And I, and the way that I would, you know, 
attack the jump, I, I was a very hesitant vaulter overall mm. and I would get kind of reachy at the end and I'd get little, I'd slow down just a little bit and lean back. And right, right. so I couldn't really attack a takeoff the way you need to, to go up poles. But, um, I went from being on a 13, seven, 150 from five lefts to like the, over the summer I was on a 14, six pole. Wow. One, I think I was on the 150. So, yeah, so a full foot different. I mean, that's right. 20, right. Ultimately a 20 pound difference. Right. Just, it, just from attacking the takeoff differently. So I am, I'm, when you're ready to go up, that's definitely yeah, yeah, the yeah. move. But, um, I do think there, I like the idea of not pushing that before the vaulter can handle it. Right. Well, I, I almost feel like, you know what? People get stuck in a rut where they're like, okay, well, you jumped this PR. We've got to add grip. Yeah. And you know, it's like, that's the only solution. Yeah. And it's like, Maybe There's not. so many different angles to this. Yes. Like, you know what I mean? It's not just grip. It's not just pole stiffness. Mm-hmm. It's not just efficiency on the pole, right? It's, it's like, it's all of that. Yes. You know what I mean? And so you have to look at all those variables. And I feel like that's sometimes people want like a magic bullet answer. Yes. And it tends to be grip. And it's yes. like, you have to take in all the variables, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I, I've always liked going up and I think, I don't know if this is something I made up or if maybe one of my coaches back in the day said it, but <laughs> you know, people think going up in grip kind of like softens up the pole, but it just, it just slows it down. It slows yeah. down. And so Brad's like, yeah, you don't need to go up in grip yet. Like we're not there yet. Like I get right. like grip happy, like wanting to go up because well, I like being at the end of the pole, but he's like, we're not there yet. Bring your grip back down. I didn't tell you to do that. Well, yeah. And, and I get what people are saying. Like, yes, like if you grip uh, the pole at a certain height, it will start to bend more. But that's still more resistance. You still mm-hmm. got to move that much more pole into the pit. Absolutely. You know? Yep. So, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, there's just so much information that people need to know. Like, even this, like, I'm sure I'm going to get emails about this, you know, which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, that people need to know that. It's like, don't don't rush the grip. You know, make sure the jump matches up. Yeah. And when it's time, you'll you'll know. You'll know. It's definitely you'll time know. to go up grip. Yeah. yeah and, and I would also, again, I, I would beseech people. It's like, if you really want to coach your kids, buy series of poles. Yeah. Don't just... You know, it's like if you're if your kids don't just jumped on a fourteen fifty, don't because... go to the fourteen seven forty five next even or fourteen seven fifty. That's yeah, going to be a big jump. That is a big know? jump, and I yes, I completely agree with you on that. I think uh, safety is a big thing, and and the biggest part of safety is just confidence in the vaulter. So yeah. I think just coming down and being able to to hit the takeoff confidently comes from you know, a sense of safety. And so big jumps and pulls kind of take away that, that confidence a little bit, even if maybe, even if, okay, if for example, they almost break the pole and they need to go up two poles, that's different. But yeah, I definitely think getting used to the length of pole is worth getting a series for to, to work their way up to understand the timing. It's totally different when you go up in length. Yeah. And I know poles are expensive, but I I can't tell you how many times over the years I've literally bought poles that I know Walter X is going to only take (laughs) two jumps on this pole his whole career, but it's worth it because it's going to get him him or her five poles down the line. Right. And they need this kind of like, it's almost like a blankie, you mm-hmm. know, it's a little kid's blankie. You yep. know, I need this blankie for a little while yep. so I can get on my meat pole, you yes. know? Um, but Absolutely. it's, but it's important because you don't get that. Then you, like you said, you're going to have a kid that's getting stood up in practice, start running through, mm-hmm. and then they're going to get to the meat situation 
And now when it's time to move up, yes. they're going to have a tough time. Right. You know, like you, like you saying that experience at your PR meet, jumping 15, six, you're like, never been on this pole, never used it. And no problems. Cause yeah. I know even watching over the years, sometimes like I would see you guys make the move to go up and a pole. Yeah. You run <laughs> through or something Damn. and, and you know, it just wasn't the same approach even, yeah. you know? And so that's super, super important that you're at that point. Yeah. I just, I can't believe like it is so exciting on the women's side. How many of you guys are so competitive with one another? And yes. I'm, I love it because I think you guys are going to have an awesome year because now if somebody sleeps, they're done. And that's <laughs> honestly, that is, it's so motivating. And I'm actually very, after the Olympic trials, obviously not making it, you have mixed emotions of like, oh, this is really frustrating because for a lot of other right, countries right. I'd be there. But if I was in any other situation, I would not have made the move out to Washington and I would right. not have, it, I wouldn't have forced myself to get out of my comfort zone to make changes I mean, maybe right. I would have, but knowing me, probably not. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine this situation. Imagine you like won the Olympics. Yeah. You just keep doing what you're doing. Uh, exactly. Why, why do you have to change? You <laughs> right. know, I, I think mean, it's like, you know, people talk about diets. Like, listen, if I could get away with eating a pizza pie every night and have a six pack, I would do it. Absolutely. I'd eat pizza every night. Honestly, <laughs> that is my one wish is that I wish, I'm not even kidding. I've said this before. I wish that I could eat whatever I wanted and stay in fantastic shape. Yeah. I, that's more than anything. I so if, any, if anybody out there has a answer to our problem right yeah. now, please reach out. We get emails from like <laughs> the miracle pills. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, it's like, Oh, Katie, we'll sponsor you. Drink yeah. our energy drink. And you know, that, that's it. Oh, you got pizza. No. It has positive or something <laughs> like this <is> so bad. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that, it's funny that you bring that up. Like, do you ever have concerns over that kind of stuff? Like testing Always. positive for something that you like, Always. Always. I, I keep everything the same. I don't really take any supplements. I have one post-workout shake that I drink and I drink that chai coffee. Okay. And then like, but I'll do things like melatonin, like right, right, sleep, right, right, which right, is right. all natural, but yeah. you get a slightly different brand. You never know. Well, like it's, I, it's well, crazy. I've heard so many stories. One, I heard a couple summers ago, I guess, uh, WADA sent out emails to athletes saying, don't eat meat in Asia or Russia. Cause it might be tame. like, what are you supposed it's to bring ground beef with you on the plane? Yeah. Like, like I, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Bring, yeah. That's what you prefer. And, and then protein. I even heard a story about sometimes what happens is like supplements are made in a factory and they don't, they get the cross contaminated. And, yeah. Yes. And then you test positive. Like that's insane. I know. And you it's know? so it's even though knowing I'm fully honest and clean, it's just, yeah, yeah. you always have that in the back of your head. I've to every athlete I've talked to is always I mean, yeah, you're like, I know I'm not doing anything wrong, but you never know. Like right. you just, you just never know because you're not totally in control. I mean, you're in control of what you buy and you're in, I mean, strict liability, right. you know, but it's just, it's always just a little, that's why they say like less in terms of supplements right. and, and powders and things like that. So I just, I keep that very minimal and yeah, yeah. these days definitely stick to real food. Yeah. But yeah, if the meat's tainted, then what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. So, so, so wild, you know? It's, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I just, I hear so many like horror stories about that Ugh. kind of stuff. And it's just, I think a lot of people too in track and field don't really know about that side because we don't hear about it sometimes, yeah. you know? I mean, we hear like the major stories like, okay, when yes. Russia was banned and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I'll listen to like podcasts and hear stories from other sports like UFC and it's like... 
things that happen to these athletes. Like so, sometimes they, they test like the protein powder that the guy bought yeah. and yeah, it was tainted. So then the guy doesn't end up getting suspended. You know what I mean? Because they look into it, but I don't it's, it's crazy we, stuff. I mean, I don't know all the workings of USADA and WADA, but, um, I, yeah, I don't know if they even go to that extent. I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 So I would, I, this is, I know with UFC athletes, they've done this and I know with some other sports, but if you have like your protein powder or whatever, they'll look at the batch number yeah. and they'll go out and buy from that batch and yeah. te- retest it. And yeah. sometimes they find out it was something that was tainted and wasn't, wow. you know, your fault. I mean, that's know. good then. But yeah, 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 yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> and, and I heard like the list, like there's like some list you can go on USADA and they have a list of yes. like banned stuff that you yes. shouldn't take. And it's like pages it's long. Extensively long. But what's nice is, you know, for example, even like Benadryl, I, when right. I first came on, I knew that I could take, you know, Claritin, not Claritin D because you can't have pseudoephedrine in it. But I, you know, had to, I had to check, you know, Benadryl on and just right. things that you don't even things think that like my friends, people my friends buy. are like, yeah. Oh, you have allergies. Here's Benadryl. I'm like, let me double check that really quick. And they're like, wow, <laughs> like it's right. Which is good. I love that. You know, they're trying to do a lot for a clean sport and I take pride in the fact that, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm doing well clean. Um, but yeah. it's just, <laughs> it's just, you know, a couple bad eggs that ruin the fun for everyone. Just <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I, it's, it's just a crazy situation. And, and I think people who aren't, you know, professional athletes don't realize how much time and effort it takes to make sure that oh, you don't yeah. take something you're not supposed to take. Yeah. You know? And it's, I mean, I'm constantly updating my whereabouts. I have an app that I just, I say right. where I'm at and they can literally show up any hour of any day. And if you're not there where you say you're supposed to be, you get a missed test and you get up right. to three. So that's just also an added stress. Like I, for example, last year, I drove to a meet at Penn State from Mm -hmm. my house in Cleveland, and I was already a couple hours on the road, and my mom calls me, and she's like, there's someone from USADA here, and I had forgotten to update my whereabouts before I left for the drive, and I was like, gosh, darn it, like, and so luckily I I haven't missed any since, but it's just, it's, I'm like, if you're going to follow me anyways, you might as well, like, chip me or put something, like, track my phone. Like, I always have my phone on me, so, you know, it's... (laughs) <laughs> but it's just then you get the whole like is it a privacy issue? But if they can right. show up anyways, right? They right. have to then ch- it'd be so much easier if you could just track my phone. Right? Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine when you felt like you're you're driving to Penn State like, and now you ha- you get yeah, this call. Yeah, that like, was a big swear word that came out of my mouth. Like f. But uh, yeah, so that was. I mean, it's it's nice because they do give you you know three strikes, but. You know, yeah, once yeah. you have one down, you're like, shoot, I really, yeah, got, you don't want to miss. Yeah. It's like, you got to be on top of it. It's, it, it's a very complicated thing. And it's, yeah. I don't know. It, <laughs> just, I, I think it's nice though that like we brought it up because it's, it's good for people to know like what's going on to keep yes. the sport clean and, oh, yeah. and how complicated it can get. Definitely. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, you know, again, I think looks like it's going to be a great year. Um, <laughs> hope so. And I don't know. I, I think I asked all the questions I kind of got. Did you have anything <laughs> that, that you wanted to bring up or anything um, you wanted to talk about? Not that I can really think of. I mean, it was a good, good talk. Just, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. always nice chatting 
pole vaulting yeah, for outside sure. of the like, so how'd you get started? Like, yeah, you know, right, right. <laughs> which is, I'm, I'm always glad to tell people, but yeah, it's yeah. cool when you get more into, like I said before, the nitty gritty of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, thanks for doing this. This is awesome. Thank you so much um, for having I, me. Yeah, no problem. I really enjoyed it and uh, I'm, I'm hoping everybody enjoys it when they get to listen to it. Yeah. I hope you guys can stand listening to me for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they can. <laughs> Next time, guys.